Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, AudioMac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas, keeping it real, baby, yeah, keeping it real. Hope everybody's doing well. Well, I was on Catalyst.com looking at some of their stats there, and I posted it on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth, so you can look along with me. I looked at the projected growth of the female population in the United States between 2021 and projected estimates for 2060. Now, 2060 is when Caucasian women will become a minority. Now, let's look at the numbers here. In 2021, Caucasian women composed of about 59.2% of the women female population in the United States. Latin or Hispanic women, 18.5%. Black women, African-American women, 13.9%, Asian women, 6.3%, and Native American and Indigenous women, 1.3%. It is projected in 2060 that Caucasian women, there will be about 44.3% in population. Hispanic or Latino women will be 27.0%. Black women will be at 15.2%, and Asian females will be at 9.5%, and Indigenous Native American females will be at 1.4%. So if you look at it, your largest increases will be within the Hispanic Latino population, followed by the African American population, and then on down. Now, what does this mean demographically? It means that the reason why you have this big push now on the extreme right that wants to remain a majority has to do with the fear of these numbers. Because what's happening now, Hispanics and Latinos are the largest growing population in our country. Very are controlling the younger generation as far as aging. The problem is, even in the white population, they're not producing as many children. This is the reason why you're seeing all these laws now regarding abortion. They want to prevent their women from not having children. They want them to have children. They want the numbers. They want the numbers because they want the majority. These are the people that are fearless, fearful of 
minorities. They're fearful of change. And so this is the route they've taken. Now, the problem with this strategy is that it's not going to work. So they can have all the borders closed that they want. They can go and have all the abortion legislation put into action. Because what they're actually doing, believe it or not, they're deterring some women from even having children now. They don't even want to get involved with the whole process. While Latinos and Hispanics are still producing. Now, the problem with this whole thing is that America is trying to have it both ways in general. They want to be the greatest, the best, but they want to be separate still. They still want to have some of the guidelines that divided us through slavery and everything else to still exist through separatism. The problem is, though, they didn't think things out too well for themselves, where they could integrate and culturate, because that's what's going to eventually have to happen, whether they like it or not. Even no matter how far they go into Oregon, Washington State, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, eventually what's going to happen is what's going to happen. Now, what this means is that many of these folks don't want people of color in their families. They don't want people of color in their neighborhoods, in their communities. Well, that's gonna eventually happen. And guess what? A lot of these people are not bringing crime with them. They wanna get away from the same thing everybody else does. They wanna get away from all of the bad things everybody else would like to get away from. They're human too. And one of the main problems I see, because I was looking at some of the numbers on interracial dating and relationships. Yes, they've increased, but still around 86% of people, 86% of Americans marry within their own race. So it's about 14% that decides to go into other race. Now what you're gonna see is those numbers increase on the interracial relationship and dating site. You're gonna see more people, as you've seen the numbers already increase, with people that get divorced, get widowed, and they wound up, not get widowed, but are widowed, wind up with experimenting outside the boundaries of the traditions that they have. Now, some will not. Let's make that abundantly clear. You're gonna always have that percentage that will not. And see, the problem is, once you have a certain philosophy, if you haven't thought it out, it's bound to fail. Now, here's the thing that we have to realize. At some point, we're going to have to get it together as a nation, as far as even treating each other with dignity and respect. And we have to face it. We have spent too much money to have so little in results in this country. $35 trillion 
for what? What did we buy for $35 trillion? What did we get for $35 trillion? Why is it that in the United States, people are still struggling? People working jobs and on food stamps or EBT cards. And then you send these people to Washington that constantly vote against everything that you need, but you still send these people back. Especially you folks in the southern states and Midwest. Some of you are working your asses off as waiters, hostesses, waitresses. Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, different type of professions. And then when the politician tells you when they come back home to the town halls about how they had to vote a certain way because they couldn't get it passed. But yet they promised you one thing but went in Washington and did another. And they blame it on the other senators and congressmen. But they fail to mention the lobbyists, don't they? Because many of these folks are looking for a career or a life after public office. After all, they can't become a millionaire off the salaries that they make in the Senate or the House. But they damn sure can if they get on the board of directors or become a CEO of a company that they have their best interests in. And these are things that we really have to look at. It's a changing world, changing demographic, and we have to learn to get along with each other and treat each other better. Whether we like it or not, there are many people out there ready to eat our lunch, mainly China. They're gonna have the strongest economy about 20, about 2040. They already have the largest Navy. So if they go into Taiwan, we got to face it. We're not going to sit there and fight that war tooth and nail. There's no damn way we're going to be able to do that. The reason being, they're too close to proximity to the mainland. We got to bring resources there to try to protect them. And we're hoping the quality of our weaponry outweighs the number of theirs. Well, we should have learned that lesson in Germany when we defeated the Germans on that very same premise. They had better armament, better weaponry, but we had a larger volume and a lot more simpler way of fixing things. These are things we have to think about. They're going to affect you, but you don't have to worry about them, but you do need to consider them. So when you go to buy a product, for instance, that has a microchip in it, uh, you might notice the price is a little bit more expensive if China gets a hold of that country. Or they may not even export to the United States. You never know. The reason why I bring these things up is because we're always thinking about the now. 
I'm struggling right now. Times are hard right now. True enough. But is now the rest of your life? Is now your future? The only thing now is going to do is get you from this point forward. Because you got to live beyond now. You got to prepare beyond now. Sometimes we get to a point of complacency where we think that no matter what, we're going to go back to what we've been doing. This is how people get replaced on jobs very easily. I've seen people let go because they wouldn't go forward with change. No, I like my old IBM printer, I mean computer. I like my HP printer. Well, the ink costs more than the printer's worth. That's okay, I want to keep it. No, we're not going to keep it. And it makes no sense. See, we want to get to a point where we're familiar with a certain technology and then we want to sit down with it. A certain way of doing things. And we want to sit down with it. We do that with relationships as well. We get to a certain point that we went through this, that, and a third with one person. And so we're not going to do all that next time. We're just going to stick with what we know. And we're not going to try to go beyond what we went before because that's probably required to sustain this new relationship. We want to go back to our old tricks. And your old tricks don't always work. And then when you realize that you're outmatched and you guys are incompatible and there's no chemistry, you get upset. You may like that person a lot, but you're not willing to learn new people, just like you're not willing to learn new things. And this is a problem for many of you. This is how a lot of you get stuck in that orbit of centric thinking. The world has to revolve around you. The world revolves whether you're here on it or not. So therefore, because we all like to just have our own little private world and just live within it. And if you're gonna come in, you gotta abide by every rule that I've set up for myself. And you wonder why a lot of people are single. They won't compromise. And yet they are the very people that complain about being single and about being lonely. They're their own worst enemy. They shoot themselves in the foot because they have no flexibility. And there are many things that keep them lonely. Insecurities, addiction, shame, guilt, you name the list. There's a lot of things that does it. Do it. I tell you, English whooped my ass again, punched me in the nose. Rural do. Third person does. Anyway, folks, the, what I'm trying to point out is this. What are some of the changes that will happen in the dating landscape? Now, 2060, I don't think I'll be around because at that point, I will be approximately 98 years old. 
And if I haven't died by that time, trust me, I got a shovel and I'm digging in the ground in order to prepare. I can only imagine what the quality of life would be at 98 for me. So, what I say to you is this. These changes are occurring, but they're occurring more rapidly than they did before. It was gradual change because technology was not introduced in order to make it so expeditiously available. Now that it is, yes, people are going out and they're being themselves now, which is a good thing. And they're not bound by some of the draconian rules that were in the past. I was listening to a podcast the other day. And this guy was incensed because women were pastors. He had a serious problem with that. He did not think a woman should be a pastor. He did not think women should drive automobiles. He did not think that women should even be in a job where there were men around. They should be in a secretarial pool. Now, mind you, this gentleman was only 35 years old. So he's not really old enough to experience that because women were more liberated when he was born. So where'd he get that from? He got that from chauvinistic dad, chauvinistic granddad. And he was upset because he could not find a woman that was willing to comport herself to all of his rules. He wanted dinner cooked cook by 6 o'clock at night. He wanted her washing his clothes. She was not to speak to him when he got in after work. He had a whole laundry list of things. But see, he was indoctrinated in that mindset. Now, there's some women out there that are indoctrinated in the feminist mindset as well where men are the most evil, lowly, and worthless things on the planet. But yet, many of these women who say all of this have procreated with men, have fallen in love with men, have had affairs with men, and yet, one bad experience, whether it's a marriage or whether it's a relationship, or maybe even a series of them, have turned them against men totally. But if they're comfortable being isolated, it's no problem. That's with men and women. But don't complain about being lonely, about there are no good people out there. Of course they're not out there because you're not a good person. So why would good people want to be around you? And they always tell themselves they're a good person. That's the sad thing about it. Now, the other thing too. We also have to grow up in so many ways emotionally. We're still trying to hurt each other's feelings as children. 
trying to shame each other, trying to embarrass each other. Something a child does. And you have grown people trying to do that, trying to hurt somebody's feelings to make them feel bad because they didn't get their way. Like you're in a playpen or a sandbox. And this complicates communication. And it definitely destroys uh, consideration completely. So at some point, we have to let our rational minds prevail. If we want to be successful in a relationship, Now, many of you new listeners who don't know, you ask, well, why are you single? Why don't you have a girlfriend? That's because I've already know what I'm looking for. And guess what? It's not the physical package. It's internal. Oh, I could just go and grab a woman off the shelf with no problem. There are plenty of women that I could talk to. They're right to this show all the time. Invited me to move in with them. Invited me to go visit them. Invited me to sleep with them. But what I started doing, I started looking at the caliber and quality of the woman instead of the quantity of the women. I've been with a lot of women throughout my lifetime. And I could tell you this, out of all of those women I've been with, I would say there are only six that I would even consider. One of my married. The rest, they're a waste of time, money, and effort. As far as going forward with anything that would be constructive for a relationship, they were good for that moment. But for the most part, and this is no shade against them, we had different agendas in life. Different priorities. And we made an agreement. Okay, well, you know, we're going to go from A to B and that's it. You're going to pursue something somewhere else. I'm going to go on and do this. So we already knew what the parameters were. But one thing I will credit them all for, I learned something from them that helped me go forward in life that was positive. In some cases, even if it was a negative experience overall. Because see, the one thing you realize about a relationship is you actually learn more about yourself in a relationship than you do the other person. There are a lot of things you learn about yourself. You learn how you can cope. You learn how you can negotiate. You learn how you can actually compromise. You learn how you can communicate better. You learn how to enhance your emotional intelligence. There are a lot of things you learn through being in relationships. The problem for some people, they may not have had that exposure. And this is where sometimes you run into the problem of the skepticism, uh, the self-doubt, that kind of thing. As a guy who's dated a lot of women in my lifetime, and especially being that I have a podcast, and I'm black, and I have a disability, 
what do you think my chances are as far as marketing? Very, very nil. But a lot of these women are still contacting. But here's the thing. Many of them have agendas. They're nice people probably. But they have agendas for the most part. It has nothing to do with the relationship. And that's not what I'm looking for. Because you look at a lot of these guys, they go through a lot of women. Because for some guys, it's bragging rights. Affirmation. I never looked at a woman to affirm my masculinity or manhood. I'll be honest with you. I love the shape of a woman. I love making love to a woman. I loved having sex with a woman. That was the driving force. There was nothing wrong with that. As I saw it. Because many of them had other agendas too. See, sometimes people go on the premise, especially a lot of ladies will go on the premise of Oh, well, you know, the only thing you want is sex from the woman. But they never reverse that and ask, what does the woman want from the man? You get that one-sided argument a lot. I saw the dumbest representation the other evening. I was on TikTok. There was a lady that literally cleared everything off of her dining room table. And she gets on this dining room table in her cocktail dress, high heels, and leans back with her legs crossed, talking about, this is what I bring to the table. The comment sections lit up. She had to take the video down. The women got on her. And of course, the fellas were cracking jokes. And she was a very nice looking lady, but it seemed like that's all she had. And that's what the women keyed on. This is all you have to offer a man. This is all you're going to represent yourself as. This is all you're going to do to set us other women back because of something you're doing. And the men were cracking jokes. Talking about what positions they had put her in on the table. Asked her if she swallowed. But she voluntarily put herself out there and she was no young woman. She was about 53 or 54. But she wanted the attention so badly. Well, she got it. When she didn't expect to get the attention she got. And these weren't just older women commenting. These were women in their 20s and 30s. Which shocked me.
I'm telling you, it doesn't take all that in order to try to find someone decent. As you age, your criteria is going to be more restrictive on who you're going to be interested in. There are exes I can still date. Some of them you've heard on the show. There are women out there. If I was just looking for a female body to be with me and to be warm, that wouldn't be hard to do at all. I could do that within seconds. But it's about getting the right person in my life that will complement it as I have advanced from where I was. Because, see, as you age, you should grow emotionally as well. And if you don't, you got problems. Because what's going to happen is you'll run across people that will outgrow you. Or they may be attracted to you initially, and then afterwards, things fall flat. Elizabeth writes the following from Detroit, Michigan. Maybe it's me, but the last four boyfriends I've had, I had to dump. I was just bored with them. I don't know if it's them or me. I'm 33 years old, still trying to figure things out. I would like to get married someday, but so far, I get bored with guys. Is there a problem with me or with them? What are your thoughts? Elizabeth, Detroit, Michigan. Elizabeth, it's you. It's you, 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 you. It's you, my dear. And I'm glad you were cognizant enough to point that out, where it could be you. Some people, oh no, the world is fucked up, I'm fine. It's you. And I tell you what it is. You don't like being by yourself. From my experience only, the majority of people that I've met, the women that I've met, who said they were bored, many of them were self-deprecating. They would always play themselves down, put themselves down. And then you would have some that would put themselves on this high horse, superficially, of course. And when they would crash, it was just like a sugar high. They'd crash hard. Because there were certain things about themselves they didn't like. And they wanted someone to come in and be the cheerleader and wow them. And what happened, a person realizes, you know what? I'm doing all the work to make this person smile, to make them happy, to make them joyful. When I leave, nothing happens on their part. They're always calling me talking about they're bored. They're always calling me talking about there's nothing to do. And yet, They're happy with that person, temporarily. 
And usually it's when the guy is constantly opening his wallet, taking her to different places, spending money on her and doing different things as a distraction from what the real problem is. The real problem is her. Oh, ladies, you run across this too with some men. But you see it more commonly in women. Now, there's another aspect to this that needs to be addressed. And that is when you start taking on someone else's opinion of you. You can't do that. Whether it's positive or negative, you take the compliment, you see if it's valid. If it's not valid and it's unwarranted, that means undue criticism and undue praise. Both of them are just as bad, just as toxic. Undue criticism. Telling you you're doing something wrong or there's a certain aspect of you that's not right when you're questioning yourself to foster self-doubt. The reason why they're doing that is because they're putting their insecurities on you that way. I have self-doubt about myself. Let me spread the love. The other person that will give you undue praise, they're blowing smoke up your ass. They're telling you the emperor has no clothes. They're making you greater than you really are. And with that false sense of, of life and perception for yourself, you say, well, I could do better than you. And as soon as you step out of that realm of being praised by this person, you realize that praise only went as far as that person, nowhere else. Everybody else sees you the same way. That person sees you on the pedestal. Now, Ladies, you already know when a guy tells you you're fine, you're all of this, it goes in one ear and come out of the other for many of you because you've heard it so many times. And you get tired of hearing it, some of you. The other thing, a lot of us men make the assumption that because a woman is attractive that she's unapproachable. And not realize she's unapproachable with her body language, not her beauty. Her body language will let you know that she's not approachable. Her beauty, that's just the way she is. And see, there are certain things a woman does when she doesn't want to be approached. One, she's not going to make eye contact with anyone. That's the first thing. Number two, she may sit there with her ankles or arms crossed. She may not want to engage in conversations, even with wait staff or anyone else. She's not ready to build any kind of friendships or relationships. She doesn't want any interaction. She wants to be left alone. And a lot of times when women are like this, they're going through something. And sometimes you just got to let them ride. Because when you try to push it, the only thing you're going to do is escalate the situation. And you don't want to do that. That'll lead you nowhere. So 
Don't waste both of your time. We're going to talk more in a moment. I have always lived by the philosophy. Do what others will not do today. So that you can do what they can't do tomorrow. I've always lived by that. Because it helped me, it kept a foot in my ass throughout my life. My own personal foot. Nobody else's. Where I would challenge myself on things. Because that was very important. I didn't look left or look right to see who was in the competition. I always looked forward toward the goal I wanted to achieve. And what that goal was, it wasn't wealth. It wasn't notoriety. It wasn't fame. It was actually knowing more about myself while I'm on this earth. Discovering who I was as a person. Understanding me. Once I understood me in some context, I would have the capacity to understand others. Some of you have written in and asked, uh, well, why do you have all this wisdom and advice or whatever? I don't call it wisdom. I call it experience things I've gone through, things I've witnessed, things I've observed. And that's all life is, is a learning institution. You're learning something every day. There's some of you that woke up happy as hell today, then ended your day in tears. There are others of you that it went in the reverse order. You were sad, now you're happy as I don't know what. There's no way to gauge or predict what's going to happen in your future. I know you try to go with the horoscope, the Bible, and all those things. But there's nothing that actually puts you in that place. When you start getting a sense of self and understanding who you are as a person. You know your limitations. You know your shortcomings. You know your strengths and weaknesses. And you become comfortable in managing them. And as you become more comfortable in managing them, it's much easier for for you to share those with other people who don't know you. There's a sense of transparency there. And you'll find that people that don't feel comfortable in their own skin, they're not going to be so transparent as to who they are. That means they would have difficulty sharing things with you. And I'm not talking about things that would be grossly embarrassing or anything like that. where they don't look at themselves as accomplishing things. 
they marginalize the advances they make in their lives. And then you have other people that are celebrants, where they're celebrating every little thing they do in life. You know, we used to see it a lot on Facebook when it first came out. People would go and post pictures of plates of food all day long. Every incremental thing in their lives, they treated it like it was an accomplishment. And many of them were just trying to impress others. So they'll be noticed. As I told you before, the first level of affirmation has to come from you as a person. You validate yourself. All these credentials, degrees, and everything else that you will receive along the way, that adds to your credibility for other people. What are you taking from your education? The knowledge. The piece of parchment, that's not going to actually make you a better person. It's going to be what you learned to get it and how you utilize it in your life. As I told you before, I never took a job I couldn't take a skill set away from where I could use it for myself somewhere in life. Because it was a waste of my time to take a job just for the money. The same thing when it comes down to anything else. Even in relationships, we take skill sets from relationships when, when they break up or when we leave a person or they leave us. We don't realize it, but we do. Even when you decide to break up with a person, let's look at the steps that you do. You go through noticing an issue, correct? You go through evaluating how you're going to approach it with your partner. And then you approach it with your partner. And then you sit there and expect an outcome. Whether it will be improvement or whether it will be the demise of the relationship. But we don't sit down and think about these things sometimes because of the fact that we're so in a rush because we're trying to beat the clock on everything in life. Many people in this younger generation, Gen Z, Gen Y, millennials, they're realizing that, you know what? Why do I have to put all this pressure on myself? For what? Who am I trying to impress? Who am I trying to show that I can go up and beyond? It should be yourself. That's where it starts. One thing I learned in broadcasting, most broadcasters are harder on themselves than anyone else could ever be. Even if they disagree with your subject matter, they disagree with the title, they disagree with the whole organization you work for or whatever. If you knew you didn't do something correct, 
or correctly for some of the other Grammarly people. It weighed heavy on you. One of the reasons why I made this show the way I make it is because I cannot care and be myself for a change. So English can whoop my ass one time. I may win the victory over English the next time. Because I'm not concerned so much of how it's put together as long as I get it out where it could be comprehended. Now, some of you have been asking about the book. It's coming along. I'm now working on the chapters as far as some of the final edits. Still got a ways to go, though. By no stretch is writing a book easy. I know you have AI now, and you could have it pretty much write it for you. Get a ghostwriter. But it's what it's about is about the person. It's about what you're writing about in particular. And this is not going to be a vanity plate for me or anything like that. This is going to be more about helping others navigate through relationships. It's about you. The other thing too, some people will go and risk life and limb for validation. I was looking at a show on Vice today, Vice TV, which is now uh, aired on Court TV as well. And uh, this gentleman was making forty to fifty thousand dollars a week in the drug trade. And just as he would get the money, he'd blow it. Coming to Vegas every other weekend, dropping a hundred thousand dollars. And after a while, he still felt empty. He felt empty because all of those people sitting around that table could give a tinker's damn about him, including the woman that he slept with. That was supposed to have been his girlfriend. And he started thinking to himself, if I didn't have all these resources, none of these people would be around me. I'd be alone. And he said what he did was, he got to a point that he deliberately lied to them and told them that he had lost everything. He was getting out of the drug trade is what he was doing. He had enough money set aside in order to do so. And one by one, those friends started falling off. Many of them went to prison because they got into the drug trade because he was in it, making money. His girl left him. And he realized for the first time he was at peace. And he took a regular job because he said that he wanted more out of life than that. What he wanted was peace of mind. Not having to worry about a guy pulling a gun on him 
on every transaction. Not having to worry about dealing with cartel members that may not take so kindly to him. And he said for the first time he needed someone that really cared about him and loved him. So he moved to this small town in Ohio. And he met this lady, school teacher. They went on and got married. He didn't let her know that he was pretty well off and put some money away for himself. And as they grew as a couple, she started noticing that he could afford things that he normally couldn't afford on a basic manager's salary. And he explained to her that what he did was gradually put his money away because he wasn't comfortable. It was that word again. With the people around him. He was lonely. And he paid for friends is what he did. Along with a girlfriend. And as he explained this to her, he was expecting her to leave him. was expecting her to probably wind up like the rest of the women in his life. And she helped him put away some of the money and investments and other resources. Now the crazy thing about this is that he actually paid taxes on the money that he had made. Even though he was in a business that was very dirty, he still had a clean conscience and was able to make it out. He talked about how he was one of the survivors. Never went to prison. Never got caught. And he was naming off all the other guys that had gotten busted, caught, and their lives were ruined. And he said he got out at the right time, for the right person, for the right reason. Himself. The way you value yourself will also expose you to the risk that you think that is tolerable for your personal self-acceptance. The woman who's a prostitute, she values money over her own dignity and life. It's far more important. And when you get to a point where materialism things will actually take the place of your own value and worth, even though a human body is only worth about $587 if you went out to the stores and bought all the components you need is still worth more than anything you can make on the face of this earth. It's a human being. If life wasn't so valuable, think about what they did in, uh, I think it was Australia. 
They sent an icebreaker down to the South Pole with two helicopters to retrieve one man. The ship had to sit, I think it was like, they had to go 80 miles inland to get him. The gentleman that's in Turkey right now, at the bottom of that cave that they're bringing up, No matter how much it costs for him to get up there, that $587 that it would take to make a human being, if it were possible, out of the components that we're composed of, is worth more than the cost of everything in order to get him out. That's the value of a human life. But yet, a person will risk that much or more to live a lavish lifestyle by risking their lives. Without the possibility of having someone spend those kind of resources on them when it comes down to it. When there's an illness, an accident, sometimes we have to reevaluate our priorities and our value system because sometimes it can get out of whack. And before you know it, you're putting things on pedestals that shouldn't be. Am I saying that you have to subscribe to a life of poverty all your life? No. A life of self-honesty. That's where it all begins. With you. Not with anyone else. As adults, sometimes we put ourselves in situations that are difficult. Not true enough, for the most part, children don't have any say in it. If they have bad parents or a bad environment, they don't have any choice. Some of you write into the show talking about how you don't have a choice in certain things. Full-grown adults in your 30s and 40s. You have choices. You got to be careful about the choices that people have taken away from you that you've given them the ability to do so. There's a friend of mine I've been knowing for several years, several decades. We talked on the phone the other night and he told me, he said, you know, if I had a vision impairment, I'd probably just end it all or just go somewhere and just fade away and die in the dust. And I asked him, have you ever had a vision impairment? He said, no. I said, so, you're talking just like the lottery winners, right? But you'll do with your money if you won the lottery. When you have it. 
We can all say things, but unless we experience them, we don't know the specifics. Some of the things you write in about folks or leave a message on, half the time I don't have a clue on some of the stuff you're writing in about. I can just give you my opinion on it. And if I've faced it before or experienced it, then I can definitely comment on it. But there's some of you that have been in some situation is like, damn, really? You allowed yourself to get into that quiet mind. And scratching your head on how the hell did you start? Just interesting. More in a minute. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes, in the event for professional assistance. Please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.